Father God in heaven, thank you so much for another day. Thank you for, um, yeah, today um, we are going to read once again and we're going to explore chapter 21 and we ask for your guidance as we do this in Jesus name. Amen. Okay, chapter 21 now. And the title for the chapter is Bethesda and the Sanhedrin. Bethesda and the Sanhedrin. And this chapter is based on John chapter 5. We'll not be reading the verses. And I think if you're following this, you can have um, that as your assignment to read the, the chapter in the Bible upon which this Desire of Ages chapter is based. Or every Desire of Ages chapter is based. Okay, so... Um, yeah, this will be a long chapter. <laughs> so, let's dive deep right in. Now, there is at Jerusalem, by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Impotent here means that they have a physical um, difficulty, a physical challenge. Some of them can't walk, some can't speak, some are blind. Okay. At certain seasons, the waters of this pool were agitated and it was commonly believed that this was the result of supernatural power and that whoever first, after the troubling of the pool, stepped into the waters would be healed of whatever disease he had. Hundreds of sufferers visited the place, but so great was the crowd when the water was troubled that they rushed forward, trampling underfoot men women, and children, weaker than themselves. Wow. Many could not get near the pool. Many who had succeeded in reaching it died upon its brink. Shelters had been erected about the place. Again, erected, the word here is about, you know, it's the building. Okay. So shelters had been built about the place that the sick might be protected from the heat day by day, and the chilliness, chilliness of the night. There were some who spent the night in these porches, creeping to the edge of the pool day after day in the vain hope of relief. Jesus was again at Jerusalem, walking alone in apparent meditation and prayer. He came to the pool. So, yeah. So that, wait, that line captured me for a bit, for a moment there. Because he um, he was walking alone in apparent meditation and prayer, even as he was walking. That's interesting. So he came to the pool. He saw the wretched sufferers watching for that which they supposed to be, for that which they supposed to be their only chance of cure. He longed to exercise his healing power and make every sufferer whole. But 
it was the Sabbath day. Now, this is interesting. <laughs> it was the Sabbath day. Multitudes were going to the temple for worship, and he knew that such an act of healing would so excite the people, the prejudice, rather, the prejudice of the Jews as to cut short his work. Okay. But the Savior saw one case of supreme wretchedness. Wow. Supreme wretchedness. It was that of a man who had been a helpless cripple for, 40, for 38 years. For 38 years. His disease was in a great degree the result of his own sin. And was looked upon as a judgment from God. Alone and friendless. No, it was looked upon as a judgment from God, but that's not necessarily true. It was just regarded that way. Alone and friendless, feeling that he was, he was shut out from God's mercy, the sufferer had passed long years of misery. At the time when it was expected that the waters would be troubled, those who pitied his helplessness would bear him to the porches. But at the favored moment, he had no one to help him in. He had seen the rippling of the water, but had never been able to get farther than the edge of the pool. Others, stronger than he, would plunge in before him. He could not contend successfully with the selfish, scrambling crowd. His persistent efforts toward one object and his anxiety and continual disappointment were fast wearing away the remnant of his strength. The remnant of his strength, that's whatever strength was remain was whatever strength remained in him, the remnant of his strength. Yeah. The sick man was lying on his mat and occasionally lifting his head to gaze at the pole with when a tender, compassionate face bent even bent over him, and the words, Wilt thou be made whole? arrested his attention. So Jesus was the one who spoke these words. Wilt thou be made whole? Hope came to his heart. He felt that in some way he was to have help when he heard that. Yeah. But the glow of encouragement soon faded. Wow. Why did it fade? He remembered how often he had tried to reach the pole and now he had little prospect of living till it should again be troubled. He turned away wearily, saying, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pole, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus does not ask this sufferer to exercise faith in him. He simply says, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Interesting. But the man's faith takes hold upon the word. So it is the man's faith that takes hold upon that word. Every nerve and muscle thrills with new life, and healthful action comes to his crippled limbs. Without question, he sets his will to obey the command of Christ, and all his muscles respond to his will. Springing to his feet, he finds himself an active man. Mm. 
Jesus had given him no assurance of divine help. Well, they, these are interesting things here. One, uh, first, Jesus does not ask the sufferer to exercise faith in him. He just says, he just gives the command, rise, take up thy bed and walk. And then the second one, Jesus had given him no assurance of divine help. There was no assurance of divine help. The man might have stopped to doubt and lost his one chance of healing. But he believed Christ's word, and in acting upon it, he received strength. Now, that is so interesting. It's quite connected to um, what we read yesterday night, which said that um, we are to trust his promises. Now, this is not a promise, but this is an explicit command. And um, it's like in the command is packaged the, the promise or the the possibility that you can actually do it, right? So through the same faith, we may receive spiritual healing. By sin, we have by sin we have been severed from the life of God. Our souls are palsied of of ourselves. We are no more capable of living a holy life than was the impotent man capable of walking. There are many who realize their helplessness and who long for that spiritual life which will bring them into harmony with God, yet are vainly, yet they are vainly striving to obtain it. Why are they vainly striving to obtain it? What's the reason? In despair, they cry, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Romans 7.24 Let these desponding struggling ones look up oh yeah so that's who we are the struggling believers okay so let these desponding struggling ones look up look up the savior is bending over the purchase of his blood saying with inexpressible tenderness and pity wilt thou be made whole he bids you arise in health and peace do not wait to feel. <laughs> this is interesting. Okay, do not wait to feel that you are made whole. Believe his word. I think we haven't. Yeah, we haven't used that word. Maybe that's going to be our word. In fact, we have here, this is so fitting, like the struggling ones. For everyone who's struggling, this is the the key. Believe that his word and believe his word and it will be fulfilled it says do not feel that you're made whole put your will on the side of christ will to serve him and in acting upon his word you will receive strength it's in acting upon his word that you will receive strength wow you should just act on it just act on it whatever yeah so let me just write something down here just Act on it. Okay, just act on it. Wait. So, will to serve him and in acting upon his word, you will receive strength. Just act on it. Act upon his word. Okay? Um. Yeah. Whatever may be evil, practice. The master passion which through long indulgence binds both soul and body. Christ is able and longs to deliver. He longs to deliver. He will impart life to the soul that is dead in trespasses. Ephesians 2, 1. 
He will set free the captive that is held by weakness and misfortune and the chains of sin. The restored paralytic stooped to take up his bed, which was only a rug and a blanket. <laughs> I think we're going to go and emphasize on the Sabbath here. Okay, so the restored paralytic. So he was now restored. He stooped to take up his bed, which was only a rug and a blanket. And he, and as he straightened himself again with a sense of delight, he looked around for his deliverer. But Jesus was lost in the crowd. <laughs> Jesus was lost in the crowd. Jesus did not linger there. The man feared that he would not know him if he should see him again. As he hurried on his way with firm, free step. Wow. Firm, free step. Praising God and rejoicing in his newfound strength, he met several of the Pharisees and immediately told them of his cure. He was surprised at the coldness with which they listened to his story. With lowering brows, they interrupted him, asking why he was carrying his bed on the Sabbath day. <laughs> so this is the Sabbath day. They sternly reminded him that it was not lawful, not lawful to bear burdens on the Lord's day. In his joy, the man had forgotten that it was the Sabbath. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yet he felt no condemnation for obeying the command of one who had such power from God. Yeah. He answered boldly. He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Mm. They asked who it was that had done this, but he could not tell. These rulers knew well that only one had shown himself able to perform this miracle. Yeah? Yeah? The, the, one, the word one there is with a capital O. So this was Jesus. Okay, these rulers knew well that only one had shown himself able to perform this miracle. But they wished for direct proof that it was Jesus, yeah, that they might condemn <laughs> that they might condemn him as a Sabbath breaker. So that was their object. Yeah. Also probably that's also why Jesus just um went away immediately. Right? In their in their judgment. He had not only broken the law in healing the sick man on the Sabbath, but had committed sacrilege in bidding him bear away his bed. Wow. The Jews had so perverted the law. So this is an important point here. Yeah. The Jews had so perverted the law that they made it a yoke of bondage. Their meaningless requirements had become a byword among other nations. So they added meaningless requirements on the Sabbath that God did not, you know, that God did not put in there. Yeah. Especially was the Sabbath hedged in by all manner of senseless restrictions. So there were senseless restrictions on the Sabbath, right? So I'm highlighting that's why I'm a bit slow. Okay. So it was not to them a delight. Not a delight. So it was supposed to be, the Sabbath is supposed to be a delight. 
Okay, the holy of the Lord, honorable. So the Sabbath is supposed to be a delight. The holy of the Lord, honorable. The scribes and Pharisees had made its observance an intolerable burden. So that's that's their fault. That's what they did. Okay, they made it an intolerable burden. A Jew was not allowed to kindle a fire, nor even to light a candle on the Sabbath. As a consequence, the people were dependent upon the Gentiles for many services, which their rules forbade them do for themselves. That is so interesting because in the Sabbath commandment, in the Ten Commandments, it says there that, okay, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God, and it thou shalt not do all work, thou nor Thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant. So, even from there, it's, you see, um, the Sabbath is not just for the, the Jewish family, it's also for everyone that's in the household, and that includes the servant. And whether that servant is a Jew or a Gentile, they are to also enjoy the rest I mean, the rest that's in the Sabbath, the Sabbath rest. But here, because of the requirements that the rulers, the scribes and the Pharisees imposed upon the people in regard to the observance of the Sabbath day, the Jewish people were forced to, okay, um, this is not lawful for us to do, so let's let the Gentiles do it for us. Yeah, but that's, but that's in direct opposition to what? God has provided for in the Sabbath commandment. So they did not reflect that if these acts were sinful, those who employed others to perform them were as guilty as if they had done <laughs> the work themselves, which is so interesting, right? Um, yeah. So I just remember one time I, I was in high school, I think, that, um, you know, there... <laughs> So we had a conference, um, a youth conference or a youth activity somewhere. And um, it was a school activity. And it's a science camp, I think. And the, the, the field trip usually falls on the Sabbath day, which is so interesting on Saturday. So um, <laughs> there was one time uh, there I had a classmate, of course, who was not. Um, a Sabbath keeper, and she she's she was going to attend, of course. I mean, join the field trip. Well, I won't. I was to go to church, and um, I think I don't know how it went, but um, yeah. So I think I don't know if she offered to buy for me a shirt or something like a souvenir, but I, in my mind, um, if she was gonna do that for me, it's like. I was also the one buying. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, you know, be, just because I, I don't know, it's by extension. Like, um, for example, you don't, you don't uh, do th business on the Sabbath day. But then you ask somebody to do that business for you on the same day. But in the Sabbath command, it says that, um, even thy manservant nor thy maidservant nor anything that is within thy gates and 
by by extension and by implication that means that anyone who is under you who is, is your employee or or, or or is under your influence they are also to enjoy the sabbath blessing that you are enjoying so yeah yeah right right so they did not the elementary repeat that part they did not reflect that if these acts were sinful those who employed others to perform them were as guilty as if they had done the work themselves that's the point they thought their salvation was restricted to the jews and that the condition of all others being already hopeless could be made no worse but god has given no commandments which cannot be obeyed by all his laws sanction no reasonable or selfish restrictions now that is a good point um wait a minute <laughs> so it says there okay so you see this is a very good point that um it was only the scribes and pharisees who imposed impossible things <laughs> on the sabbath but the sabbath command itself is it's something that it, that's intended for rest okay and god has given no commandments which cannot be obeyed by all all right so yeah he did not impose impossible restrictions it was not in fact it was not meant to be a restriction it was meant for freedom and then it was thwarted right it was thwarted by the pharisees his laws god's laws sanction no unreasonable or selfish restrictions because of course of course when we go back to the original premise of everything here that god is love his nature is his law is love and everything that he does everything all his principles are according to that self sacrificing self giving other centered love then the sabbath is something that is a blessing it's a gift it's a gift for human beings to rest from all their works and not have to worry about anything right because essentially everything is taken care of that is the the message of that that day everything is taken care of you don't have to work all week all day all week no when it's the sabbath you celebrate that you have done all the work that you could do that's why it says there that six days you shall labor and do all your work so finish everything and and rejoice on the seventh right celebrate in the um, yeah you, you need let <laughs> let the man up there take care of the rest right right so yeah so his laws god's laws do not sanction restrictions or selfish restrictions yes let's proceed in the temple jesus met a man the man who had been healed so now the setting is in the temple he had come to bring a sin offering and also a thank offering for the great mercy that he had received finding him among the worshipers jesus made himself known which is a little rare for jesus to do to make himself known right so finding him among the worshipers jesus made himself known with the warning words behold thou art made whole sin no more lest a worse thing come unto thee Ah. Okay, so sin no more. Sin no more. The healed man was overjoyed at meeting his deliverer. 
Ignorant of the enmity toward Jesus, he told the Pharisees who had questioned him that this was he who had performed the cure. Therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus. Oh no. Therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. Wow. Jesus was brought there. <laughs> Jesus was brought before the Sanhedrin to answer the charge of Sabbath breaking. Wow. Had the Jews at this time been an independent nation, such a charge would have served their purpose for putting him to death. This, their subjection to the Romans, prevented. So it turned out to be a blessing in disguise. <laughs> the Jews had not the power to inflict capital punishment. Okay, because they were under the, the Roman rule. And the the accusations brought against Christ would have no weight in a Roman court. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't make sense in the Roman court that you accuse someone of Sabbath breaking and they be put to death. It does not. It won't make sense in the Roman court. There were other objects, however, which they hoped to secure. Wow, other objects. Notwithstanding their efforts to counteract his work, Christ was gaining even in Jerusalem, an influence over the people greater than their own. So Jesus was really becoming more and more popular even in Jerusalem. Multitudes who were not interested in the harangues of the, I don't know, this is a new word to me. Um, I'm, I won't, won't look it up because it will, <laughs> it will take some time. Yeah, but okay, I will. Wait, wait a minute. Okay, so I looked at it. I looked it up, and it says harangues. So it's a lengthy and aggressive speech. Multitudes who were not interested in the harangues of the rabbis, in the multi, uh, in the lengthy and aggressive speeches of the rabbis, were attracted by his teaching. Okay, so so there you have it. So the the <laughs> the rabbis had lengthy and aggressive uh, um, discussions, speeches. And those who did who were not interested in those, they were attracted by his by Jesus's teaching. They could understand his words. So this is very important. Um, in uh, I mean, as opposed to what the rabbis would usually do, Jesus's words people could understand. Okay, so, so yeah, they were simple. Okay, they could understand his words and their cry, their hearts were warmed and comforted. He spoke of God, not as an avenging, there you have it again. He spoke of God, not as an avenging judge, but as a tender father. And he revealed the image of God as mirrored in himself. So this is part of, this is a huge, huge part of Jesus's mission why he became human, right? So this was part of his mission, is to show the image of God, the character of God, as mirrored in himself, in, in Jesus, in how he does things. So he spoke of God, not as an avenging judge, he's not an avenging judge, but as a tender father, as a tender father, and he revealed the image of God as mirrored in himself. So that was part of Jesus' mission to show to people the true character of God. His words were like balm to the wounded spirit. 
both by his words and by his works of mercy, he was breaking the oppressive power of the old traditions and man-made commandments and presenting the love of God in, in exhaustless fullness. Wow. Wow. So, so, so um, Jesus had to approach us here. Let me just note that he, um, his words, Jesus' words and his works, words and works, they go together. <sighs> Both by his words and his works of mercy, Jesus was breaking the oppressive power of the old traditions and man-made commandments. So that that's, I mean, the Jewish tradition is so full of man-made commandments and Jesus was breaking those all those man-made commandments. And Jesus was presenting the love of God in its exhaustless fullness. So the love of God is inexhaustible. It's exhaustless. Wow. In one of the earliest prophecies of Christ, it is written, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come. Shiloh. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Genesis 49.10 The people were gathering to Christ. Yeah, they were gathering to Christ. The sympathetic hearts of the multitude accepted lessons of love and benevolence. Yeah, lessons of love and benevolence in preference to the rigid ceremonies required by the priests. So two things here. Jesus was presenting love and benevolence and people preferred that. Preferred They preferred that to the rigid ceremonies that were required by the priests. If the priests and rabbis had not interposed, his teaching would have wrought a reformation as this world has never witnessed. But in order to maintain their own power, these leaders determined to break down the influence of Jesus. So they they wanted to maintain their own power. Yeah. His arraignment before the Sanhedrin and an open condemnation of his teachings would aid in effecting this. For the people still had great reverence for their religious leaders. Whoever dared to condemn the rabbinical requirements, so yeah, the rabbinical requirements or attempt to lighten their burdens they had brought upon the people was regarded as guilty not only of blasphemy but of treason. On this ground, the rabbis hoped to excite suspicion of Christ. They represented him as trying to overthrow the established customs, thus causing division among the people and preparing the way for complete subjugation by the romans interesting so that was their framing but the plans which these rabbis were working so zealously zealously to fulfill originated in another council than that of the sanhedrin after satan so this everything here is patterned patterned upon satan's plan after satan had failed to overcome christ in the wilderness he combined his forces to oppose him in his ministry and, if possible, to thwart his work. Wow. What he could not accomplish by direct personal effort, he determined to effect by strategy. Soon, no sooner, had he withdrawn from the conflict in the wilderness than in council with his confederate angels, so they had a meeting, he matured his plans, so he, he finalized his plans for still further 
blinding the minds of the Jewish people. Or he leveled, he leveled it up, right? All right, that they might not recognize their Redeemer. He planned to work through his human agencies in the religious world by imbuing them with his own enmity against the champion of truth. He would lead them to reject Christ and to make his life as bitter as possible, hoping to discourage him in his mission. And the leaders in Israel became instruments of Satan in warning against the Savior. In warring. War. Yeah. Against the Savior. Jesus had come to magnify the law and make it honorable. Okay. Yeah. He was not to lessen its dignity, but to exalt it. The scripture says he shall not fail nor be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth. Isaiah 42, 21 and 4. He had come to free the Sabbath from those burdensome requirements. Okay, let me just highlight that. He, Jesus, had come to free the Sabbath from those burdensome requirements that made it a curse instead of a blessing. So it was supposed to be a blessing. So Jesus made it, he freed it once again from the, the additional man-made requirements that the Pharisees put on it. For this reason, he had chosen, so Jesus had chosen, he had a purpose. He had chosen the Sabbath upon which to perform the act of healing at Bethesda. He would have healed, he would have healed the sick man as well as as well on any other day of the week, or he might have, he might simply have cured him without bidding him bear away his bed, but Jesus had a purpose. But this would not have given him the opportunity he desired. A wise purpose underlay every act of Christ's life on earth. So he was really wise, 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 a wise mover. Everything he did was important in itself. Oh, everything he did was important in itself and in its teaching. Among the afflicted ones at the pool, he selected the worst case upon whom to exercise his healing power and bade the man carry his bed through the city in order to publish the great work that had been wrought upon him. This would raise the question of what it was. <laughs> this would raise the <laughs> again. This would raise the question of what it was lawful to do on the Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. Okay. This would raise the question on what would be lawful to do on the Sabbath and would open the way for him to denounce the restrictions of the Jews in regards to the in regard to the Lord's day. So the true Lord's day is the Sabbath day. Yeah. Okay. The right. Um, yeah. So this would open the way for him to denounce the restrictions of the Jews in regard to the Lord's day and to declare their traditions void. Yeah. Jesus stated to them that, a, that the work of relieving the afflicted was in harmony with the Sabbath. So when, yeah, relieving the afflicted, healing, was in harmony with the Sabbath law. It was in harmony with the work of God's angels who are ever descending and ascending between heaven and earth to minister to suffering humanity. Jesus declared, my father worketh hitherto and I work. All days are God's, in which to carry out his plans for the human race. If the Jews' interpretation of the law was correct, then Jehovah was at fault, whose work has quickened and upheld every living thing since 
First, he laid the foundations of the earth. Hmm. And then, who pronounced his work good and instituted the Sabbath to commemorate its completion, must put a period to his labor and stop the never-ending routine of the universe. Ooh. Should God forbid the sun to perform its office upon the Sabbath, cut off its genial rays from warming the earth and nourishing vegetation? Hmm? Must the system of worlds stand still through that holy day? Should he command the brooks, the brooks to stay from watering the fields and forests and bid the waves of the sea still? Their ceaseless, <laughs> yeah, their ceaseless ebbing and flowing. Must the wheat and corn stop growing and the ripening cluster defer its purple bloom? Must the trees and flowers put forth no bud nor blossom on the Sabbath? Well, good rhetorical questions right there. In such a case, men would miss the fruits of the earth and the blessings that make life desirable. Nature, uh, nature, yes, nature must continue her unvarying course, course, nature must continue her unvarying course. God could not for a moment stay his hand or man would faint and die. Yeah. And man also has a work to perform on this day. The necessities of life must be attended to. The necessities. What necessities? The sick must be cared for. Yes, the wants of the needy must be supplied. He will not be held. He will not be held guiltless, who neglects to relieve suffering on the Sabbath. Whoa. God's holy rest day was made for man, and acts of mercy are in perfect harmony with its intent. God does not desire His creatures to suffer an hour's pain that they may re be relieved upon the Sabbath or any other day. Yeah. The demands upon God are even greater upon the Sabbath than upon other days. His people then leave their usual employment and spend the time in meditation and worship. They ask more favors of Him on the Sabbath than <laughs> upon other days. Yeah, yeah. They crave his choicest blessings. Yeah. They demand his special attention. They crave his choicest blessings. God does not wait for the Sabbath to pass before he grants these requests. Yeah, of course. Hmm? And yeah, heaven's work never ceases. Yeah. And men should never rest from doing good. Yeah. Okay, men should never work. Never rest from doing good. The Sabbath is not intended to be a period of useless inactivity. This is so interesting. The Sabbath is not intended to be a period of useless inactivity. The law forbids secular labor on the rest day. So that's it. The only thing. Secular labor on the rest day of the Lord. The toil that gains a livelihood must cease. So essentially business. Anything business right business okay the the labor that you know gives you livelihood no labor for worldly pleasure or profit yeah profit is lawful upon that day but as god seized his labor of creating 
Uh, yeah, so Jesus, God stopped creating on the seventh day and rested upon the Sabbath and blessed it. So man is to leave the occupations of his daily life, leave the occupations of his daily life and devote those sacred hours to healthful rest, okay, healthful rest, to worship and to holy deeds. The work of Christ in healing the sick was in perfect accord with the law. It honored the Sabbath. Wow. So this chapter is very rich because it also included a rich discussion on the Sabbath. Jesus claimed equal rights with God in doing a work equally sacred and of the same character that with that which engaged the Father in heaven. But the Pharisees were still more incensed. He had not only broken the law according to their understanding, but in calling God his own father, had declared himself equal with God. The whole nation of the Jews called God their father. Therefore, they would not have been so enraged if Christ had represented himself as standing in the same relation to God. But they accused him of blasphemy, showing that they understood him as making this claim in the highest sense, in the highest sense. These adversaries of Christ had no arguments with which to meet the truths he brought home to their consciences. Okay, they had no arguments. They could only cite their customs and traditions, and these seemed weak and vapid when compared with the arguments Jesus had drawn from the Word of God and the unceasing round of nature. Yeah, yeah. Had the rabbis felt any desire to receive light, they would have been convinced that Jesus spoke the truth, but they evaded the points he made concerning the Sabbath and sought to stir up our anger against him because he claimed to be equal with God. The fury of the rulers knew no bounds. Had they not feared the people, the priests and rabbis would have slain Jesus on the spot. But the popular sentiment in his favor was strong. Many recognized in Jesus a friend who had healed their diseases and comforted their sorrows. And they justified his healing of the sufferer at Bethesda. So for the time, the leaders were obliged to restrain their hatred. Hmm. Yeah. Jesus repelled the charge of blasphemy. My authority, he said, for doing the work of which you accuse me is that I am the Son of God, one with him in nature, in will, and in purpose. Yeah. So this was the divine nature. I mean, yeah. Wait, um, let me repeat that. I am the Son of God, one with him in nature, in will, and in purpose. In all works of creation and providence, I cooperate with God. The Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. The priests and rabbis were taking the Son of God to task for the very work he had been sent into the world to do. By their sins, they had separated themselves from God and in their pride, in their pride, were um, we're, we're, uh, we're moving independently of him. 
they felt sufficient in themselves for all things and realized no need of a higher wisdom to direct their acts. But the Son of God was surrendered to the Father's will and dependent upon His power. So utterly was Christ emptied of self that He made no plans for Himself. Interesting. He accepted God's plans for Him and day by day the Father unfolded His plans. Ah, so should we depend upon God that our lives may be simple, the simple outworking of His will. And no stress, simple outworking of His will. So should we depend upon God that our lives may be the simple outworking of His will. When Moses was about to build the sanctuary as a dwelling place for God, he was directed to make all things according to the pattern shown him in the mount. Moses was full of zeal to do God's work. The most talented, skillful men were at hand to carry out his suggestions. Yet he was not to make a bell, a pomegranate, a tassel, a fringe, a curtain, or any vessel of the sanctuary except according to the pattern. Wait, haha. <laughs> so there is another one here. Um. According to the pattern shown him, God called him to the mount and revealed to him the heavenly things. And the Lord covered him with his own glory that he might see the pattern. And according to it, all things were made. So to Israel, whom he desired to make his dwelling place, he had revealed his glorious ideal of character. The pattern was shown them in the mount when the law was given from Sinai, when the Lord passed by before Moses and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Exodus 34, 6 and 7. So Israel had chosen their own ways. They had not built it according to the pattern. They had not built according to the pattern. But Christ, the true temple for God's indwelling, molded every detail of his earthly life in harmony, in harmony with God's ideal. He said, I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. Psalm 48. Psalm 40, verse 8. So our characters are to be builded. So this is old English. So our characters are to be built for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Ephesians 2, 22. And we are to make all things according to the pattern, even to him, even him who suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Hebrews chapter 8, verses, verse 5 and 1 Peter 2, 21. The words of Christ teach that we should regard ourselves as inseparably bound to our Father in heaven. Oh, we are inseparably bound to our Father in heaven. Whatever our position, we are dependent upon God who holds all the de all, all destinies in his hands. He has appointed us our work and has endowed us with faculties and means for that work. So long as we surrender the will to God and trust his strength and wisdom, we shall be guided in safe paths. So this is a promise. Wait, um, yeah, this is a promise right here. We shall be guided in safe paths. So long as we surrender the will to God and trust his strength and wisdom, we shall be guided in safe paths to fulfill our appointed part in his great plan. 
But the one who depends upon his own wisdom and power in separate is separating himself from God instead of working in unison with Christ. He is fulfilling the purpose of the enemy of God and man. The Savior continued, What things soever he, the Father, doeth, these also doeth the Son. Likewise, as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. The Sadducees held that there would be no resurrection of the body. So this is another doctrine that's important. Um, the Sadducees held that there would be no resurrection of the body. Yeah, yeah, but Jesus tells them that one of the greatest works of his father is raising the dead and that he himself has power to do the same work. The hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. The Pharisees believed in the resurrection of the dead. Okay, so there's the, that's one difference between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees believed in the resurrection, but the, the, the Sadducees did not. Christ declares that even now, the power which gives life to the dead are among them, and they are to behold its manifestation. This same resurrection power is that which gives life to, life to the soul, dead in trespasses and sin. The same power that resurrects the dead is the same power that restores the dead in i mean spiritually the spirit of life in christ jesus the power of his resurrection sets men free from the law of sin and death philippians um 3 10 and romans 8 2 the dominion of evil the dominion of evil is broken and through faith the soul through wait wait a minute <laughs> let me just highlight that a bit the dominion of evil. So there's the great controversy right here. The dominion of evil is broken. And through faith, the soul is kept from sin. Through faith, the soul is kept from sin. He who opens his heart to the spirit of Christ becomes a partaker of that mighty power which shall bring forth his body from the grave. The humble Nazarene, Jesus, asserts his real nobility. He rises above humanity, his real nobility. He rises above humanity, throws off the guise of sin and shame, and stands revealed the honored of the angels, the Son of God, one with the creator of the universe. Yes. His hearers are spellbound. No man has ever spoken words like his or borne himself with such a kingly majesty. His utterances are clear and plain, fully declaring his mission and the duty of the world. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. And hath given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. The priests and rulers had set themselves up as judges to condemn Christ's work. But he declared himself their judge. Yeah, their judge and the judge of all the earth. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely.
Jesus is the rightful judge of all the earth. Yeah. Okay. The world had been committed to Christ and through him has come every blessing from God to the fallen race. He was the redeemer as after his before. Ah, he was the redeemer before as after his incarnation. As soon as there was sin, there was a savior. Okay, that is a very important point and we need to highlight that. Okay. <laughs> Where is my red thing? Okay. As soon as there was sin there was a savior it was already planned he has given light and life to all and according to the measure of light given each is to be judged hmm. so this is about the judgment um yeah according to the light given each is to be judged to the measure of light given and he who has given the light he who has followed the soul with its with tenderest entreaty seeking to win from sin to holiness is in one its advocate and judge wow so jesus is both the advocate and judge from the opening of the great controversy in heaven satan had maintained his cause through deception and christ had been working to unveil his schemes and to break his power it is he who had who has encountered the deceiver and who through all the ages ages had been seeking to wrest the captives from his grasp who will pass judgment upon every soul and god hath given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man yeah because he has tasted the very dregs of human affliction and temptation and understands the frailties and sins of men because in our behalf he has victoriously withstood the temptations of satan and will deal justly and tenderly with the souls yeah that his own blood had been poured out to save because of this the son of man is appointed to execute judgment because he is a righteous judge and he can be fair because he understands all our experiences but christ's mission was not for judgment ah, but for salvation this is so important christ's mission was not for judgment but for salvation god sent not his son yeah this is important god sent not his son into the world to condemn but yeah the world but that the world through him might be saved that is the ultimate purpose john 3 17 and before the Sanhedrin, Jesus declared, He that heareth my word and believeth him that sent me hath eternal life and cometh not un into judgment, but hath passed from out of death unto life. Bidding his hearers marvel not, Christ opened before them in still wider view the mystery of the future. The hour cometh, he said, in which all that are in the tombs shall hear his voice okay so this yeah the hour cometh he said in which all that are in the tombs shall hear his voice and shall come forth and that they they that have done good into the resurrection of life and they that have done ill unto the resurrection of judgment the assurance of future life 
was that for which Israel had so long waited and they which and which they had hoped to receive at the Messiah's advent. The only light that can lighten the gloom of the grave was shining upon them. This was Jesus. He was already shining upon them. But self-will is blind. This is a very interesting sentence. But self-will is blind. Jesus had violated the traditions of the rabbis and disregarded their authority. And they would not believe. <laughs> they would not believe. Okay, so the word believe has been repeatedly mentioned here. That might be our word for the day. We don't know yet. The time, the place, the occasion, the intensity of feeling that pervaded the assembly all combined to make the words of Jesus before the Sanhedrin the more impressive. The highest religious authorities of the nation were seeking the life of him who declared himself the restorer of Israel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> all right. The Lord of the Sabbath. Yeah, the Lord of the Sabbath was arraigned before an earthly tribunal to answer the charge of breaking the Sabbath law. Yes. When he so fearlessly declared his mission, the, his judges looked upon him with astonishment and rage. Yeah, astonishment and rage. But his words were ununswerable. <laughs> ununswerable. They could not answer it. They could not condemn him. Yeah. He denied the right of the priests and rabbis to question him or to interfere with his work because Jesus here established his, his authority as the judge of all the earth. Wow. Wow. Just wow. They were invested with no such authority. Indeed, their claims were based upon their own pride and arrogance. He refused to plead guilty of their charges or to be um, catechized by him, by them. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of apologizing for the act of which they complained or explaining his purpose in doing it, Jesus turned upon the rulers and accused, and the accused became the accuser. Ooh. He rebuked them for the hardness of their hearts and their ignorance of the scriptures. He declared that they had rejected the word of God inasmuch as they had rejected him whom God had sent. Ye search the scriptures because ye think that in them they have in them you have eternal life, and these are they which bear witness of me. And yet these are they which bear witness of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In every page, whether history or precept or prophecy, the Old Testament scriptures are, okay, in every page, whether history or precept or prophecy, the Old Testament scriptures are irradiated with the glory of the Son of God so far as the it was of divine institution. The entire system of Judaism was compacted, a compacted prophecy of the gospel. Now, that is so interesting. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay. The entire system of Judaism was com a compacted prophecy of the gospel. To Christ, give all the prophets witness. Acts 10.43. From the promise given to Adam down through the patriarchal line and the legal economy, heaven's glorious light made plain the footsteps of the Redeemer. So everything in the Old Testament, essentially, and everything, all the traditions, and not, not the traditions, but all that uh, God has commanded to the Jews for them to exercise, those, everything um, pointed to Jesus. 
seers, seers, prophets, beheld the star of Bethlehem, the Shiloh, to come. He's the Shiloh to come. Yeah. As um, seers beheld the star of Bethlehem, the Shiloh to come, as future things swept before them in mysterious procession. In every sacrifice, Christ's death was shown. Every animal sacrifice, every lamb that was slain. In every cloud of incense in the sanctuary, his righteousness ascended by every jubilee. That's the 50th year, I think. By every jubilee trumpet, his name was sounded. In the awful mystery of the Holy of Holies, his glory dwelt. The Jews had the scriptures in their possession. And suppose that in their mere outward knowledge of the word, they had eternal life. Yeah. Mm. Not not the outward. But Jesus said, Ye have not his word abiding in you. Yeah. Having rejected Christ and his word, they rejected him in person. Ye will not come to me. He said that he might have life. The Jewish leaders had studied the teachings of the prophets concerning the kingdom of the Messiah. Okay, the kingdom, the kingdom talk right here. Wait a minute. <laughs> Um, I'm saying, wait a minute, because I'm highlighting things, right? And I'm looking for the right highlight to use for this. Okay, I'm not sure where. Yeah, okay, the kingdom, again. Let's repeat that a bit. The kingdom. Okay, the Jewish leaders had studied the teachings of the prophets concerning the kingdom of the Messiah, but they had done this not with a sincere not with a sincere desire to know the truth but with the purpose of finding evidence to sustain their ambitious hopes so it's like using the scriptures as proof text manual which we still do today which is not 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 good <laughs> i mean not the use of the scriptures when christ came in a manner contrary to their expectations Contrary to their expectations, they would not receive him. And in order to justify themselves, they tried to prove him a deceiver. When once they had set their feet in this path, it was easy for Satan to strengthen their opposition to Christ. E. The very words that should have been received as evidence of his divinity were interpreted against him. Thus they turned the truth of God into a lie, and the more directly the Savior spoke to them, in his works of mercy, the more determined they were in resisting the light. Jesus said, I received not honor from men. It was not the influence of the Sanhedrin. It was not their sanction he desired. He could receive no honor from their approbation. And it doesn't matter to him. He was invested with the honor and authority of heaven. Had he desired it, angels would have come to do to do him homage, but the I mean the father would again have testified to his divinity. But for their own sake, for the sake of the nation whose leaders they were, he desired the Jewish rulers to discern his character hmm, and receive the blessings he came to bring them without those recognitions. I am come in my father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. Jesus came by the authority of God and bearing his image, fulfilling his word and seeking his glory. Yet he was not accepted by the 
leaders in Israel. Not exempted. But when others should come, assuming the character of Christ, but actuated by their own will and seeking their own glory, they would be received. And why? This is an interesting point here. And why? Because he who is seeking his own glory appeals to the desire of self. <laughs> because he who is seeking his own glory appeals to the desire for self-exaltation in others. To such appeals, the Jews could respond. They would receive the false teacher because he flattered their pride by sanctioning their cherished opinions and traditions. By the teaching of Christ, the, but the teaching of Christ did not coincide with their ideas. It was spiritual and demanded the sacrifice of self. Therefore, they would not receive it. They were not acquainted with God, and to them his voice through Christ was the voice of a stranger. Is not the same thing repeating in our day. Now, we are almost at an end, and this parts are going to be, I think, applications. Is not the same thing repeated in our day. Are there not many, even religious leaders, who are hardening their hearts against the Holy Spirit, making it impossible for them to recognize the voice of God? Are they not rejecting the word of God that they may keep their own traditions? Yeah. Had he believed Moses, said Jesus, he would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if ye believe not his writings, how shall ye believe my words? It was Christ who had spoken to Israel through Moses. Yes, it was Christ who had spoken to Israel through Moses. If they had listened to the divine to the divine voice that spoke through their great leader, they would have recognized in it, they would have recognized it in the teachings of Christ. Had they believed Moses, they would have believed him of whom Moses wrote. Jesus knew that the priests and rabbis were determined to take his life, yet he clearly explained to them his unity with the Father and his relation to the world. They saw, they saw that their opposition to him was without excuse. Yet, yet their murderous hatred was not quenched. Fear seized them as they witnessed the convincing power that attended his ministry, but they resisted his appeals, and locked themselves in darkness. They had signally failed to subvert the authority of Jesus or to alienate the respect and attention of the people, many of whom were convicted by his words. The rulers themselves had felt deep condemnation as he had pressed their guilt upon their guilt home, upon their consciences. Yet this, yet this, only made them the more bitter against him. They were determined to take his life. They sent messengers all over the country to warn the people against Jesus as an imposter. Spies were sent to watch him and report what he said and did. The, save, the precious Savior was now most surely standing under the shadow of the cross. Wow. Yes, yes. So that was the end of the chapter in this. Um, it was, things are beginning to lean towards what's going to happen at the cross. And it's a very rich chapter. There are so many things that have been discussed here. So we don't know yet what the word for the day is at this point. At this point, of course, you know it now. 
as you listening to this. But okay, so there are many points. For example, so this is Bethesda and the Sanhedrin. So Bethesda, that was uh, the place um, in which there was a pool. Yeah, the pool at Bethesda. And that was the place where people were waiting to be healed. Okay, and Jesus healed the paralytic man. The worst of the cases there, he healed that man on the Sabbath day, therefore establishing um, what is, you know, what is um, lawful to do on the Sabbath day and what the Sabbath day is all about. It was about restoration. It was about, um, it was about resting. It, it was seizing from, seizing from our business, okay? Um, anything that's, that's to our profit, Um as much as God has rested in the first creation week, right? Uh, from his labors, his, everything is done. All work is done. and but, but the works of mercy, they are still to continue because those are not for profit anyway, right? So, yeah. And um, Jesus freed the the Sabbath from the additional requirements that, you know, the Pharisees and the scribes put in there. Yeah, with all those restrictions that were not necessary. Okay, so yeah, and there was that point. And because of that, because of that, the, the Sanhedrin now, he, Jesus was brought before the Sanhedrin and he was accused as a Sabbath breaker. And he, people simply wanted to condemn Jesus because he had now been so, I know, they, they hated him. They hated him for number one because he pointed out their sins. Number two, the people, the people were now um, following him instead of them, so they were losing influence upon the people. And yeah, so the source there is pride that has a lot to do with pride. And yeah, the pride of the Pharisees. And yeah, so there are many points here that can be, you know. What, what 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 is that one thing that can be you know that can summarize everything here? So I I think the word believe um, was emphasized here. Believe in the sense that okay, I really like that point where um, you know uh, Jesus did not ask the sufferer to exercise faith in him. He simply says, "Rise, take up thy bed, and walk." But the man's faith takes hold upon that word. So yeah. Just act on it. I like that part, and yeah, um, yeah, it, because it's in contrast with exactly. That's in contrast with what the the scribes were doing. They did not believe him. So I think the word here is believe. So let's use believe. Um, I have we haven't used that yet. Okay, so so there you can see this word. Um, in, in terms of the negative. Um, Jesus had violated the traditions of the rabbis and disregarded their authority, and they, the rabbis, would not believe him. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So let's let's decide and choose the word believe for this chapter. Okay. So believe, the believe there is uh, when God has promised something. Okay. Uh, just believe and act on it. Okay, let me read the, you know, the, 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 the sentences that, you know, um, highlight that. Uh, okay, 
Jesus had given him no assurance of divine help when he commanded, when he commanded, rise, take up the bed and walk. The man might have stopped to doubt and lost his one chance of healing. But he believed. Okay, there it is again. The word believe. He believed Christ's word. And in acting upon it, he received strength. Yeah, so, so it starts with a belief and then you act on it. Through the same faith. We use we already use the word faith, right? Yeah. Through the same faith, we may receive spiritual healing. By sin, we have severed from the life of God. We have been severed. Our souls are palsied. And of ourselves, we are no more capable of living a holy life than was the impotent man. But, you know, look up. Okay, so I was also thinking of look up. Yeah. Let these desponding, struggling ones look up. But <laughs> yeah, I remember our name, the struggling believer. Okay, so everyone who's struggling, look up. And it says here, um, yeah. Will thou be made whole? Will thou be made whole? He bids you arise in health and peace. Do not wait to feel that you are made whole. Believe his word. Okay, even if it doesn't feel, um, even if it doesn't feel that way. Yeah, it will be fulfilled. The key is to believe. All right. So there you have it. Believe it is. Yeah. Okay. And then, you know, what, what uh, keeps us from believing? Um, for example, in the case of the scribes and the Pharisees, the rabbis, um, the Jewish authorities, uh, it's their pride. It's what kept them from believing. Whew. Okay. So, yeah, that's it. And we are now to close this. And, well... Let's pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you for the lessons that we have learned this morning for this chapter, chapter um, 21 of the book, The Desire of Ages. And yeah, the message, the core message that we got from today is believe. And uh, yeah, when we are in, <laughs> if our case is of supreme wretchedness, just like that of the paralytic, we have no help which is kind of my experience right now in some sense. But the paralytic man, his was worse. Uh, yeah, so act on it. So if you have a command about something, I need to act on it. And everyone listening in, yeah, every command is a promise. And this is a, a line in uh, somewhere also in Ellen White writings. Um, every command is a promise. So, yeah, so we believe his promise. It's connected to, for me, for, uh, I mean, the yesterday's chapter, which was about trust. Okay, trust his promises. We we see, we, we don't see first and then believe. Instead, we believe first. And it will happen because you said it. Believe, just believe the word. If there's a word, then it's believable. I mean, it's going to happen. He, he spoke and it was done. He commanded it and it stood fast. That's what happened at creation. So our to access that, to make it happen for us, we need to believe in those words. Okay? So teach us, dear God, and remind us by your spirit um, the words that you have already spoken, the promises that you have already given, the commands that you have already expressed, and believe. Because every command... In every command is a promise. It's not command, command that as if we can't do it. 
but because you commanded it, we can do it because there is nothing, nothing that you command that's cannot be obeyed. And, and every, everything that you say is not restrictive at all. It's, it has power to it. So when you say that we can walk, we can say that we can rise up again. That's true because you're not a liar, right? <laughs> so our access is to believe our, our access through those, the fulfillment, our access to the fulfillment of those promises is for us to believe and act on it, act on it as if it's true. So thank you for that because that's connected to the, the, the previous chapter. Yeah. 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 Okay. I just remember, um, yeah, that we should believe first and then we will see. Believe, act on it, and we will see. Thank you so much for reminding us that today. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>